Does your audience love you and your podcast? I'm going to give you five ways to win your audience's affection. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 209. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. This is Valentine's Day week, and I thought I'd take a little seasonal approach to this, a little hint of an upcoming topic that I'll be addressing. But I want to talk about affection and love, not in the sense of the romantic style of love, but with you and your audience. Podcasts are far more successful when they have loyal audiences. That has nothing to do with the actual numbers of the audience. You can have more success with a small, loyal audience than you can with a large, disinterested audience. That's what the podcast awards really help measure, and that's how I've won an award in the past, and several of our shows have been nominated in the past, and I'm hoping this year that one of our other podcasts will win again. If you want to find out how you can support us, go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast awards. But a smaller, loyal audience is very important, and yes, from that, you can build a large, loyal audience. Then you have everything going for you. You have a large audience and you have a loyal audience, but it starts with that small audience and it starts by getting your audience to love you. So I've got five ways to make your audience love you and your podcast. And you can apply these whether you're doing an audio podcast, a video podcast, or even potentially Regardless of what kind of content that you're creating, you could apply this to just your blogs or your social network accounts like Twitter or Facebook. You can apply this even in relationships, but I'm not going to say I'm a relationship expert. I'm a podcasting expert. I'll leave the relationship advice to someone else to give all of that. I've got five ways here, and you can follow along in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash audience love for episode 209. Number one, be yourself. Some people will like you, some people will hate you, and that is totally okay. The most important thing is for you to be yourself. It was Kurt Corbain who said, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I am not. This is really important to remember in podcasting, especially if you read negative podcast reviews. Look back at my previous episode where I talked about how to deal with negative feedback to handle that a bit better. And I have a link to that in the show notes. But when you see these negative reviews, it's often those people who hate you for being yourself. You may not necessarily have to change what it is they hate. If they hate something, they will probably leave. And then if you change, well, they're not going to be listening to even care if you change and then to come back to your content. But it's better to be hated for who you are than loved for who you aren't. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be John Lee Dumas. Don't try to be Daniel J. Lewis. Don't try to be Leo Laporte. Don't try to be Pat Flynn. Don't try to be Michael Hyatt. Be you. Because there's so many quotes out there that I could use 
so many people have said essentially the same thing. Be you because no one else can do it as well, because everyone else is taken, because no one else knows how to be you as well as you know how to be you. All kinds of things from celebrities, from average people, from authors, all coming back to this main point, be yourself. This is why you can see, like John Lee Dumas, when I talked with him in episode 200, I wanted him to bring out the point, as hard as it might be for some people to hear, why can't other people have the success that John has? And essentially, it's they don't work like he does. They don't think like he does. And that's totally true. I can't have his kind of success because I don't think and work the same way. And that's great. That means I can have my own success. His success is for him. Mine is for mine, self. And your success is for yourself. So be yourself. We do, though, need to accept that sometimes there are things about ourselves that truly do need to be changed. Just look at any kind of relationship out there, maybe the hardest relationship being a marriage, and how over time each person needs to change themselves in order to enjoy the relationship more. So yes, change does need to happen in ourselves. We should always be looking for ways to improve ourselves But at the same time, not trying to be someone else or improve ourselves to become someone else, but to improve ourselves to be a better us in some way. This means that there might be certain personality things about you that you might need to improve, certain ways that you communicate that you might need to improve. These things you can do and change without hurting who you really are or hurting your perspective, your experience, your ideas, your worldview on these things. So be true to yourself and be yourself. Let your audience love you or hate you for who you really are. Don't be a people pleaser just trying to change yourself to every whim of your audience. In fact, when you receive those negative reviews, you could probably, for the most part, ignore them and instead look at the positive reviews. For those people, maybe it's a few people, maybe it's hundreds of people who love you for who you actually are and for what you are actually doing. And then there are the the few people out there who don't like you for who you are. I think in the podcasting space, you'll really see that people will love you for who you are and hate you for who you are not. And that's the better place to be. So be yourself. That's number one. Number two, Be personable. People like relating with friendly, sociable people. Being personable can have many applications, and primarily it's in how you connect with other people. There are many different ways that you can do this in becoming more sociable and more relatable with people. One easy way is to become a storyteller. This doesn't mean that you have to tell a story in every single episode, like once upon a time or something so formal as that. Sit down, everybody. I'm about to tell you a story. No, storytelling is about great communication. You can relate information that's tied to an event or just relate information, period, in a story. There are many business books out there. Like the first one that came to my mind is Who Moved My Cheese is a book all about management styles and dealing with change and working with other people. It is a story book, and there are a lot of management and business books out there that are told in story form because people can relate with that in many ways. 
but you don't have to tell a story in that same way. You don't have to be like those authors. Find a way to be personable in how you relate information. And it's all in how you tell the story. For example, if something happens to you, like you get a flat tire while you're driving, there are several ways that you can tell that story and it might make people like you or hate you. You could tell that story with some comedy in it and make people laugh and they'll enjoy being around you. I'll talk more about that in a moment. You could tell that story with a lot of anger to say, I can't believe those stupid car making people didn't make the tires better on this car or just get really upset about all of these things. And you'll have one of two effects on the people around you. You may either make them angry too, and they'll join with you. And then you've got a nice little mob on your hands or they'll be upset by your anger and they'll want to leave. It's kind of the fight or flight response when we're around negative emotions. Yes, some people do build a loyal audience around their anger, their nastiness, their crankiness, but does that audience love them or really, really like them? Probably not. You could also tell the story with deep emotions to say, I was driving in the car, I just lost my job, and My girlfriend dumped me, my dog died, you know, all the things the country songs are about. You say, I realized all I have left is this car that can take me to a new life. And then I got a flat tire. I couldn't believe it. You could tell a story in that way and make people cry and make people have sympathy for you and relate with you because they've been in a similar circumstance like that. And a sort of bonding is forming. Or... You could leave all emotion out of this and tell just the facts. Yeah, I was driving. I got a flat tire. It was pretty terrible. And then make no one care whatsoever about the story that you're sharing or really care about your feelings in this. You need to use emotion and people relate with emotions. So be personable. Positivity is really powerful and it's contagious People generally like being around positive people. This doesn't mean you're the kind of person that makes coffee nervous or that you are overly positive and over the top. There are places for that, but in one-on-one, it might not be great to be that over the top. But people do like being around someone positive. Sometimes it's because being around a positive person makes them feel better. Sometimes it's they need that pickup. Sometimes it's just simply They would rather be around a positive person than a negative person. So be positive when you're being personable. Don't be afraid to ask for help either. People will often like you more, and this is crazy because this is kind of the opposite of what we might expect, but people will often like you more if they can do something for you than if you do something for them. Crazy, isn't it? But look at all of the volunteer programs out there in ministries and service to the helpless or the homeless, the poor, the fatherless, the widows, the orphans. When people serve other people, it makes them care about those other people more. And if you ask your audience to help you with something, that will probably subconsciously with them, but that will help them to care more for you. And you have to be careful what you're asking them to do too. It's not just, 
hey, please give us money, that's not going to make your audience necessarily care for you. But something that matters more than just dollars and cents and growing your audience, but something that truly helps you, encourages you and such. Like podcast reviews, for example. I say in every episode when I get podcast reviews how thankful I am and how they encourage me and they help other people find the podcast. And they do encourage me. Sometimes I remember to actually ask for reviews. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just thank the people who left reviews and that inspires people to leave more reviews. And when I review a podcast or write something nice, send some feedback to a podcast, especially to the podcast host, when I know that host will personally read that feedback, I feel a bit more connected with that person because they responded or because they read my feedback in some way. So this is number two, be personable. Number three, know whom you're talking to. They say knowing is half the battle and it's not what you know, it's who you know. And all of these other cliche terms that we could use and colloquialisms. But when you know your audience, you'll be able to better communicate with them and relate with them. If you have a geeky podcast, for example, will your audience actually know all of the terms that you use in your podcast? It's okay to explain them, even if you think your audience does already know, but explain in a way that doesn't insult your audience's intelligence. If you have a WordPress plugin programming podcast, then you may be able to refer to certain filters that WordPress may have. And your audience will probably understand, oh yeah, a filter, I know what that is. And you don't have to explain that. You may need to explain the particular filter that you're talking about because your audience may not know that particular filter. And if you're not a WordPress programmer, then you're probably already thinking, a filter? What is a filter? Or what's an action or a hook? What are these different things in WordPress programming? Know your audience, know where they are and what terms they might understand, but it's still often a good idea to explain things just in case people might not know what you're talking about. For example, I could say SEO, in case you don't know, stands for search engine optimization. What have I done there? I might have potentially insulted you because if you didn't know, then It kind of sounds like I'm saying, in case you lived under a rock somewhere and you don't know what SEO stands for, this is what it stands for. You don't want to communicate with your audience that way. Another way that you could say it, though, that would be better would be to say search engine optimization or SEO and then move on. See, what I did is I just explained what SEO is, or at least gave you what it stands for, without insulting your intelligence. It's just an aside sort of thing. For those people who didn't know what it was, then now they do. For those people who already knew what it was, I didn't waste their time by explaining something that they already know. You need to know whom you're talking to. Talk to your audience also as an individual because that's what they are. And I know that sounds really weird grammatically, But you're not addressing a large room of people all at one time. Yes, you may have an audience of hundreds or thousands of people, but you're not talking to them all in the same place where you can just look out at all of them and say, all of you. No, you're talking to one person at a time. That person that's listening on their commute, while they're mowing the yard, while they're doing laundry, while they're working at their desk. 
Often podcasts are consumed through some sort of headphones. And I like what John Wilkerson would often say in his podcast where he would say, thanks for sticking me in your ear. And it's true. So many people listen through their ear and they're not sharing the experience with other people. So you're talking directly to one person most of the time. So it would be great for you to address that person as an individual person. To say something like, thank you for helping, instead of, I'm thankful for everyone's helping. I'm thankful that everyone out there helped me. Well, who's the everyone? Eric K. Johnson over at podcasttalentcoach.com talks about this a lot because it is a, a mistake that many podcasters make where they're addressing this whole audience instead of addressing the one individual. Be personable in this and also know whom you're talking to, that you are talking to one person at a time. Yes, it may be thousands, but it's still one at a time. Address them as that one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for doing this. Hi, I'm glad you're here. Instead of, hi, podcast listeners, or hey, everybody in podcast land, or something like that, address them as the one person that they are. If you're having a conversation with a co-host or a guest, This can be a little bit challenging to do, but it's not impossible if you want to turn that conversation that you have and throw it out to your audience to get some feedback from the audience. There are different ways that you can do this. For example, if I'm interviewing Jim and we're having this great conversation and I think of something and I want my audience's feedback from that, so then I might be saying, wow, Jim had a great point there. What do you think of what Jim had to say? Do you see what happened? I might be having this one-on-one conversation. I'm saying you when I'm referring to Jim, but then I pause. I place Jim in a different position. I start referring to him by his name as if he's a separate person now from who I'm actually talking to. And then I start saying you, I would love to hear what you think. Instead of saying something like, I'd love to hear what the whole audience thinks about this. I'd love to hear what all of our listeners think about this. So please email. That's where... It's not quite alienating, it's just a slight thing. But when you know whom you're talking to and you address them directly and individually, it helps people to love you more and to build that stronger relationship with you because they feel like you are talking directly to them, which you would be. That's number three. Number four, include your audience. Most people love to hear themselves mentioned by others. This is especially true when that someone else is in any way some kind of celebrity to the person or has special respect or position or authority. So thank people by name when they donate, when they send feedback, when they write a review for you, or when they really do anything for you. Thank them by name. People love hearing their names in podcasts and mentioned by other people. Your name is the most important word to you. I remember when. I had just started the Audacity to podcast because I felt like I had something else to contribute in this space. I had a particular approach that no one else was using, and I wanted to say some things in this space. So I decided to start the Audacity to podcast, another podcast about podcasting, even though I felt like the market was already saturated with two podcasts about podcasting. Yeah, only two that I knew of back then. That was Cliff Ravenscraft's Podcast Answer Man and Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting. I remember, I think I was on my third or fourth episode of the Audacity Podcast, 
and I was listening around that time to an episode of Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting. And I didn't know Dave at that point. In his podcast, he mentioned me by name. He said something about there's a new podcaster who's hosting a podcast about podcasting. It's Daniel Lewis. He's got the show called The Audacity to Podcast. And back then, I remember Dave saying something like, he's so many episodes into this so far, and he hasn't talked about Audacity yet. Yeah, that was part of uh, branding issues back then. But I thought, whoa, Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting knows who I am? (gasps) No way. Whoa. I I felt so special that I couldn't believe it. You can have that same effect on your audience just by mentioning them by name. But a way that you can take this even further is by including them more in your podcast. Use their feedback, whether it's written or recorded feedback, in your podcast when you can. No, you may not always be able to read their feedback or play it in the podcast. Sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes people aren't very good at communicating what they want to. And so the feedback might be really confusing. It might be worded very poorly. They might be repeating something that you basically already said, or they might be bringing up a horrible point, a bad theory, bad explanation, anything like that. Yeah, that kind of thing can happen. And it does happen. It's going to happen to you. If you ever receive feedback from your audience, you'll receive some that's pretty bad. Thankfully, the feedback I received from you so far and other listeners of the Audacity podcast has been great. Great questions, great explanations and such. Some other podcasts we have, sometimes not. Like for our comedy podcast, sometimes they send a story and it's just not funny. Or they didn't tell it in a funny way. Or for our Once Upon a Time podcast, sometimes people send theories that just don't really sound like good theories. They're not explained very well. Or they'll send feedback that's just, I liked this, I didn't like that, and that's not really what we're about with that podcast of just giving our review of what we liked and didn't like about the TV show. Sometimes people will send something and they go on for pages and pages of theories, which is awesome that they sent us all of this stuff, but we don't have time to read their pages and pages of theories. But what you can do in cases like that, when you can't include the original feedback, and you may not be able to edit it for clarity or brevity, or you just don't want to, you can still mention them, or you can summarize. You can say, Jim sent in this great theory about this. Or you could, after you've already given your own explanation and your own theory or your own information, you could say, this is very similar to what Jim and Sally and Bob and Tony all sent in. Thank you very much for your suggestions, guys. It helped us clarify what we were thinking. So you can include them without having to include everything that they said. But what it shows is that you read or listened to the feedback that they gave, that you respected it enough to give them a shout out, and you're including them as part of your podcast. This can be really fun too when you include their full feedback because that turns them into ambassadors of the podcast, especially for younger audiences. They think it's really cool to hear their name or their voice or their feedback in your podcast. For our 200th episode of The Ramen Noodle, my clean comedy podcast, we did a live call-in show. The audience was really hoping for it. We did that for episode 100. We wanted to do something special for episode 200. 
And I teased with the idea that we might do a live call-in show, but I forgot to set up the technology for it. However, the audience was so hopeful that we would do it. And I decided, eh, it's our 200th episode, the last episode of the current way we were doing things, the end of season three. Hint again, something about seasons coming up. We decided then to go ahead and set up the technology because people were willing to wait for us. And we took the live calls. Some of the stories that people told weren't that funny, but we played with it. We made them funny or made them funnier in some ways and enhanced it just by going back and forth with the telling of the story or asking questions and things that made it more entertaining than if that person just called in and told their story as is. And with some of the stories, there were actually things that I put into the do not use pile of feedback. But when they called in, we had a great time. I think that we provided great entertainment value. And I was seeing tweets afterward from some of the people who were in the podcast. And there were a lot of all caps messages in tweets and a lot of enthusiasm for people who just thought it was the coolest thing ever that they were in this podcast. I turned them into ambassadors. And you can do that with your audience by including them in your content. That's number four, include your audience. Number five, make your audience smile. Smiles are contagious and smiles can come from many different things. It's not just making people laugh and telling them something funny, but there are many different kinds of smiles. There could be the kind of smile where, yeah, that's amusing, or the kind of smile of, Wow, that's exactly the information I wanted, or that answers this thing that I've needed for so long. It could be a smile of confidence, of understanding something new. It could be a smile from some form of comfort. It could be a smile from one of many other things. But when you make your audience smile, it triggers the release of endorphins in them. And smiling and laughing does this, and many studies have confirmed that this is literally good for you to smile and to laugh. And this boosts positive emotions with your audience. It even helps them with their immune system if they're smiling and laughing. Truly, a smiling, laughing group of people is a healthier group of people. If you can make your audience smile, it's triggering those endorphins and it's helping them to bond with you. That's one of the reasons why you see public speakers quite often start off with a story that puts a smile on your face or just some kind of joke because they want you to laugh. That helps break the ice and it helps you relate with them a little bit better. But to start off with a joke and then the rest of your presentation be completely dry and boring won't go over so well either. Something that I really appreciate about uh, the pastor of the church that I go to is he is very serious. He is um, fundamental, Bible-thumping, Christian, all of those things, evangelical. He preaches the Bible and preaches it really well, but he's not just like all hellfire and brimstone and so serious. He's very personable, and he makes us smile in the middle of telling some story that might be about suffering, it might be about God's judgment, or it might be about living the Christian life. Making us smile several times will help us connect better with him. If you can make your audience smile, then they'll connect better with you as well. One of the big ways to do this and really change how you communicate in your podcast is to literally smile while you're talking. 
and look for ways to be a positive force to influence your audience's emotions. Smiling is contagious and people can actually hear it when you're smiling. I try to smile a lot when I'm podcasting and you can see that probably when I do my videos of the Audacity to Podcast over on my YouTube channel. When I'm doing other videos where I'm reviewing a product or giving training like my SEO for podcasters training, I'm not smiling all the time there, but there are times when I am smiling and giving certain other facial expressions, but a smile is contagious and it just sounds more pleasant to listen to someone when they're smiling. People are more attractive when they're smiling. People are just better to be around when they're smiling. So smile while you're communicating with your audience. That doesn't mean you have to plaster a fake smile on your face and it's all just rainbows and sunshine and unicorns, everybody. Unicorns? (laughs) Unicorns. It's none of those things. It's about being genuine, but still smiling, being present in the moment, being positive and influencing your audience for the better. No matter what kind of content that you're presenting, you can make your audience smile with that content. You can enhance their lives with that content because the best kind of content is either helpful or entertaining. Both of those can put a smile on someone's face for many different reasons. So this is number five, make your audience smile. Again, these five ways to make your audience love you are number one, Be yourself. Number two, be personable. Number three, know whom you're talking to. Number four, include your audience. And number five, make your audience smile. One of the things that I really appreciate that has made me smile many times that you and other people do for me is your kind iTunes and Stitcher reviews. You can go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the iTunes or Stitcher button to write a review for me. And this week, I want to thank some special people who left reviews for me in iTunes. The Lava Flow said, this is the best podcast about podcasting out there. It helped me get my podcast off the ground to great success. Thanks, Daniel. Well, thank you, The Lava Flow Podcast. David Ogg said, great information, very helpful for podcasters to be to get started. Jeff or Streets Talk said, I found a bunch of gems in his archive posts and current ones. The plugin suggested equipment and mentality to be better helped me focus on the finer points of my podcast to make it better. If you're a podcaster who needs to get better or you just started, this podcast should be your Bible. Wow. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate that. And the Z.com said, Need to learn about podcasting and using Audacity? You're in the right place. Daniel does a great job. You should listen. Thank you very much for those kind reviews. I really appreciate it. If you haven't left a review yet, please consider doing that through the links at theaudacitypodcast.com. And please include your at least your first name in your review and either the name of your podcast or the web address where your podcast can be found because I'd love to be able to link to that when I thank you in my show notes as well as in the podcast. I was surprised when I got the email from mypodcastreviews.com this morning that said four new reviews. I did because I've been doing some development stuff on my podcast reviews, squashing bugs and improving certain things. I did actually have to double check it because I thought, oh no, did I break something and it's sending the wrong number of reviews? Thank you very much. Even if it's just one review, I really appreciate that. Thank you. If you want to have your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically and checked every week or even every day if you want it that often, 
then go to mypodcastreviews.com and sign up for a free or premium plan over there. I recommend the premium plan, of course, because that includes all of your podcast reviews. It includes Stitcher integration. You can sort and filter your reviews. You can get weekly updates and you can do more than one podcast too. With the lowest premium plan, the solo plan, you can monitor two podcasts. So like you could monitor yours and someone else's that's covering the same niche to see what's working and what isn't working in the industry. And if you have many podcasts, then there are plans over there for you as well. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. I've got a couple cool episodes planned and coming up. I teased with one of them in this episode, and that is I want to do an episode talking about seasons in podcasts. And should you consider using seasons in your podcasting, or should you just go straight through 50 or 52 episodes per year? I'd love your feedback on that. Send those to me. The contact information is on the website at theaudacitypodcast.com slash contact. I'd also like to hear from you. What are ways that you found that you earn the love and respect of your audience? And what do other podcasters do that make you love them? Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash audience love. In the next episode, I'll be talking about how to use a tablet for your podcasting, whether that be an iPad or an Android tablet, and some really cool ways that you can use it with podcasting or podcast from the tablet. That's coming up on the Audacity to Podcast. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions, finding success, and making people love you. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityToPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.